Hello, good day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about parenting. Hello, welcome. Hello. It's good to be back. Hot summer day. It is a hot summer day. We are back. We are back. Yes. Yep. It is back. It is hot. It's good though. It is. Talking about parenting today, so it works out. You know, Uh, it's a hot topic. Oh man. I know. (laughs) I know. I I have a love hate relationship with talking about this. Yeah, why? Ah, because I want to help people out. And I want to help you out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized that um, that uh, it's not always one answer is the right answer. Mm-hmm. And I also hate talking about it mm-hmm. because people easily get offended talking about parenting. Mm. Yeah. So, which, to be honest with you, I'm just going to say this as a pastoral warning. If you're easily offended because somebody questions your parenting, it's probably rooted in pride. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even if you're doing it right and you're offended, Mm -hmm. it's like to me to be offended is really like the warning siren of pride. Yeah. Because, you know, like even if you're criticizing my parenting, but I'm in the right and you're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. My mindset should be to serve you at that moment, not mm-hmm. to be super offended by what I do. Right. Or not to yeah. be super offended that I'm being questioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I mean, you want to um, discuss maybe why a person would think that maybe, and then help lead them into, uh, at least biblically speaking, how to think about what you're doing maybe. Right. Um, and I think that's, Right in the end, like disciple making is about teaching, um, teaching Christ and applying the gospel in every aspect of life, uh, and so you know that that includes parenting. There, it's not, it's a wisdom issue, and yeah. as we have talked about with you know with wisdom, it's not wisdom versus rules, right? Like you you can have rules, but wisdom should govern overall. Yeah, that, I think that's what makes parenting so tough. Yep, is. Um, in a discussion like this, we want black and white rules. Um, I know from my time in the bookstore and the conversations of what people were looking for in books that a lot of times it was just tell me what to do. Mm. And the problem with that is it's not wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wisdom, very important, right? And so I would define wisdom as um, using biblical knowledge and rightfully addressing situations or rightfully using biblical knowledge in a situation 
in a way that honors God mm-hmm. while also navigating the issues. And the, the problem with wisdom is that it confronts our black and whiteness sometimes because you want, you want to rule, right? Like godly kids go to bed at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but then dad gets home from work at eight o'clock. And is it like, you know, so here's where wisdom comes in. Mm-hmm. Is it better to send your kids to bed at nine o'clock so they can have an hour with dad? Or is it better to send them to bed at eight o'clock and never have a relationship with dad? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So yep. if you go black and white rule, like to me, you know, you, you have to take the principles of parenting and the parent-child relationship. And wisdom in that point might say like, send your kids to bed at 10 and let them wait and let them sleep in till 10. Mm. Yeah. 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 Wow. So what would help us is like some big picture principles. Uh, I, guess. I think big picture principles always helpful. Yep. Yeah. I mean, cause we, we sent out kind of a primer to this topic with a lot of questions or we, we asked for questions and we got a lot of feedback mm-hmm. like enough to where we looked at the feedback and it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. I well, mean, this is, this could be a book if you answered all these questions. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our first ever 12 hour podcast. Yeah. Starting today. You did yeah. ask for more. And I so did. I did. More. You got I more. Did. Yeah. Got yeah. But I also wanted to see, yeah, what overlap. Um, and there's some, some of these questions are overlapping in their nature. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we probably need to talk about some principles. Yeah. Um, some assumptions. We we are assuming if you're listening to this that you love Jesus Christ and you want to honor him first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And so that would also include your parenting. Uh, we also ultimately want to build on this to talk about your children and the church. Because since this is a churchman podcast, like we had a couple of people send us recommendation for podcast ideas. And I looked at some of them and I thought, you know, those are things that I'm willing to talk about or the elders are willing to talk about or we're willing to talk about at the church, but we're a little outside the scope of the churchman podcast. Mm. And so the churchman podcast is all about helping equip people to be good churchmen in the church. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, almost borderline makes parenting a little outside of the, the, the realm of the conversation, except for, the church is about making disciples mm-hmm. and part of that is this recognition of you have kids. Yeah. And then what do you do with your kids? Yes. So right that like, okay, how do I, how do I handle these, these cute little bundles of sin while at the same time, um, how do I honor God with this responsibility? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean it, yeah. And we want to talk about it. So mm-hmm. ultimately, yes. Yeah, we can. I think, yeah, discipleship, right? Yes, as you mentioned, is the big is the big picture. One of the big picture items here, exactly. And how that applies to our kid, um, and our family, and and then it's almost like you know that that verse in Acts where it's like you know you start yeah. in Jerusalem, then Samaria, then onto the ends of Ju- 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 or is it Jerusalem, Judea, and then yes. Samaria, and then onto the ends of the world. Well, it's like, well, the principles of discipleship, really, um, I mean, it, it does start with family. And it's family's always the hardest. Children, specifically, some of the hardest people to disciple. Yeah, children. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's because they're their mom's <laughs> kids. I mean, uh, no. Hey. <laughs> oh. Um, oh. Yeah, somebody's going to listen to this and not know Why that that's totally know? like a joke for me. But people that have hung out with us and will say things about like, uh, oh, your kids are well-behaved. I'm like, yeah, they're my kids. <laughs> and then they'll be like, well, your kid kind of gave me a tough time in Sunday school today. Someone's like, well, they are their mom's kids. <laughs> <laughs> but of course I jest. I kid. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, that's not true. So, mm-hmm. um, in fact, there, the, we, we had this discussion about do we want to talk about a podcast about sin and the church? Right. Because parenting really does require a knowledge of sin. Mm, yeah. Uh, while at the same time requiring, you know, to be a responsible Christian parent, I think, is to understand sin and to understand the gospel. And it's also to understand your responsibilities to God that God has specifically let out for parents. And so, right, the, the interesting part is, um, it's actually also quiet on quite a bit of parenting, mm. you know? So th- there are questions out there that, um, that I know are on people's minds about like school choice. And the interesting part is I would actually argue that scripture doesn't tell us where to send your kids to school. Mm. I, I th- What it does tell us is where ultimately we are, in charge, we manage yes. their education. Yes. So, I mean, and depending on what you mean by um, education. And, you know, for me, like, I'm trying to give my kids more than just an education. I want to give them wisdom. Right, right. I mean, they need wisdom to govern their life. Right. Um, there's too many kids that learn how to read at two or three years old, then they reach high school, and all of that falls out, you know, Right, falls. Um, um, they lose everything they've learned, all the advantages of of childhood. Right, and they make poor choices with friends, poor choices with life, and you know they end up on the street. You know, you just really bad situations. Right, because of decisions they made. Well, I mean, gosh, this this is the problem with this podcast: is the rabbit holes and the discussions are so big that it's like. Yes. Each one of these is on topic. And so uh, I'm going to I'm gonna start the conversation with this, uh, and I'm going to give what I learned from, from men that discipled me. I'm going to give the same warning to you, listener, that I got that I think is helpful. And this is the warning. Uh, you are probably not teachable on your parenting, and you probably need to address that heart issue. Hmm. You like the warning to all of us is that when it comes to parenting, we do not like other people to engage or interfere with our parenting. Mm. And the problem with that is that starts to put parenting at an idle level. And um, if somebody can't speak into your life about your parenting, then there's pride and unteachable and you need to address that. And I'll even go one step further. Because I've also heard adults say, or I've heard parents say, well, can you believe what so-and-so tried to tell me in the supermarket? And they did not have kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what was happening? Well, my kid was sitting there, you know, in the bulk section of Sprouts putting M&Ms in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. That person maybe didn't have kids. However, uh, it's stealing that you're letting your kid just put M&Ms into their mouth in the bulk section. So... Mm-hmm. 
they may have not had kids, but you probably need to be a better parent at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like sometimes we're like, we have these little rules for what does it take for me to listen to you about my parenting? And part of the, the, the part of the difficulty, even in parenting is that there are truth issues and there are preference issues. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes confusing because, you know, there are a lot of things that, that you do, that we do, that parents do that are preference level. And sometimes we are trying to navigate the truth with a preference wisdom way. And that's why we have to be slow to think my way is the way. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are times where this is the way. But there are also times where this is not the way, that this is the way for us. Mm-hmm. And the way for you can be different, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think that's what makes the parenting discussion so tough, is that we all, one, were parented, right? That at some level, all of us were influenced by the kind of parenting we received. Right. And so whether even if you had bad parents, or right? Lack, or lack thereof. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, so yeah, but the lack of their parenting influenced you. Mm-hmm. Some of us had heavy-handed parents. Some of us had laissez-faire parents. Some of us, some of our parents idolized us. And so all of these potentially even create problems as we move forward in parenting because one of the pitfalls that, that, that exists among everybody, believer and unbeliever, is we grow up one way and maybe we look back on our life and we don't like something or as we're growing up, we hate something and we tell ourselves, when I'm a parent, I'm never doing that. And so even as we kind of get into like, right, so the pitfalls of parenting are one, being unteachable, two, basing your parenting solely on a counteraction to what your parents did. Now, it is true that your parents may have done something wrong, but don't make your decision be because they were wrong. Mm -hmm. Make your decision be rooted in truth. Right. Yeah. And there is a difference. Yes. You know, if my parents let me eat as 50,000 cookies a day, right, and because of that I suffer weight issues, right, the the response is not, okay, I mean, again, right, okay, I'm not going to give my kids 50,000. On the surface, that's right, but it doesn't really solve the problem mm-hmm. if I'm letting them each eat 10 pounds of bacon every day. Right. Yeah, which are still good, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, here, you just can't eat cookies, but you can over-divulge your calories in this way. Right. Yeah. Huh. Or I never let my kids have a cookie because I don't want them to be fat like me. Mm-hmm. Or whereas, you know, dude, let them have a cookie. It's a cookie. Mm-hmm. One cookie's not going to kill them. Right. Yep. And if your kids come near me, I'm giving them whatever they want. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> these are these are struggles Gino and Jesse have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jana. Jana's <laughs> partly my fault. Yeah. What's okay? We trained we trained her to ask us if if uh, Jason offers you anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know she. See, well, she I gotta go ask my mom. Yeah, what? <laughs> you did good. Yeah. Um, but I, but does that make like I think that's um, you know, in other words, root the pitfalls right. Be teachable and don't root your parenting in just an opposite of what your parents did or your yeah, experiences. No, yeah, you don't want to yeah. overreact, right? Yes. Um, probably, probably to, you know, maybe a third pitfall 
is um is fearing the wrong thing. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that could go all over the place. Yes. Just fear in just fear in gender like fear in the Lord obviously needs to be yes. the main thing that that governs all we do. Yes. Uh including I mean you gotta think specifically in parenting. Yes. Because we do fear um I mean there there are things about children that we tend to 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 fear their safety for one. Um uh that's always like a hovering fear for many parents. Um, the fear of maybe like, gosh, if I, if I do, if I, you know, the mistakes I made, they're going to grow up and they're going to end up messed up. Right. No, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's more <laughs> obviously, but right. Um, uh, yeah. But those kinds of fears are, are just the fear of like, um, a mistrust with people or, you know, like only I can, only I trust myself to take care of my kids. And, um, you know, you almost restrict the, there's wisdom in, in, in what I, what I, t- what I tend to tell parents is there's wisdom in the church for yeah. your children. That's not necessarily from you. You know, everyone's kind of gifted uh, specifically by the spirit to work in such a way that's unique and it's like, why would you want to withhold that from your child? Right. So, no, that's really good. Uh, I think that's, you know, fear the Lord. But it is interesting because wrong fears in parenting do influence parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, um, you know, I mean, and we've seen it right, like uh, a fear of your kids not being successful, mm-hmm. um, a fear of you know something bad happening to your kids, a fear of, you know, and all these things are things that you're like, well, yeah, I mean, these are good things you want for your kid. The problem is that if you root your, t- if you root your parenting in those, you're starting with the wrong goals. You are. I think um, right, it's, it's, a, um, it's a fear-based, it's fear-based parenting. Right? Yeah. Rather than saying, what is my job? And what can I actually control? Because you can't control how your kid reacts to, ultimately, you can't control what decisions they make. Right. But you can control what your goals are. In well, parenting. Yeah, I would even say if you're trying to control all of your kids' decisions that at some point that's going to turn around and bite you mm-hmm. because uh, that might be manipulation. Right. And I think that's one of the pitfalls of parenting that needs to be talked about is um, manipulation versus influence. Mm-hmm. You know, and so early on, right, you are trying to discipline them in some things mm-hmm. and get them shaped in some ways. But at some point you can't, you know, you got you to start to give your kids the ability to think through things mm-hmm. to make decisions and to influence and help to influence them in the right decisions. Right. And if you're manipulating them, uh, I've never seen somebody, uh, let me rephrase that in a positive way. I have habitually seen people who are manipulated by another person at some point rebel and flee. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're also thinking about having a teen only one of these here. So we'll, maybe we'll just try to keep. Like not address teens today, sure, because that might. Gosh, see, that's why parenting is so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. this is kind of maybe this is parenting introduction. Yeah, we probably because we don't have enough time to cover all yeah. this. This is yeah. these are you talked about pitfalls. You talked about yeah. Uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're just yes. kind of like uh, we're kind of preemptively like um, you know just preemptively front loading this discussion with with certain things that you want to think through before we like we go any further. Right. Yeah. So so far we've had. Um, you know, being unteachable, uh, reacting, knee-jerk reacting the other way to my parents, wrong fears have been the three big ones. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, nothing, I'm sure there's others that just, nothing else coming to mind at the moment. Right. Um, well, I mean, exasperated, but then that's that's a specific right. topic that we can address too. So I think that that's helpful for me is, uh, you know, I think about your relationship to your kids. So maybe maybe it's helpful to define the relationship a little bit. 
Well, what you have for a believer is you have a believer who has given birth to an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to realize that, right? And so this is this is where our theology needs to meet the family. You didn't give birth to a believer who was going to fall out of belief. Mm. You gave birth to an unregenerate soul mm-hmm. who is cute and lovable, right? And I and God's designed you to find them cute and lovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that to me that's one of the beauty of of the way God does it is there's something in even unbelievers that, that loves their created, right. That loves the created son or daughter, Mm -hmm. which is why unbelievers who abuse their kids, it is such a, um, it is such a far cry, right. It is a complete abandonment of that natural created order that's in us. That's true. Yeah. And so that, that abuse is a darkened soul, mm-hmm. right. Who, who almost you has seared their conscience at some level. Yeah. And that's what makes it, you know, parental abuse. So, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so dejecting and so gross to hear about. Yeah. Because you look out there and go, even unbelievers can love their kids in a in a good way, mm-hmm. right? And and I had a friend once say that he knew unbelievers that were better parents than believers, and mm-hmm. part of me believed that. Mm-hmm. So right, you have to realize you're what you're talking about is a believer and an unregenerate, be, but beautiful child. And so there's your relationship at the beginning. Yes. And so I think you still have to come back to what are your goals, right? And what are your responsibilities to your children? Mm-hmm. And I know when we talk about the responsibilities of a man and we talk about the family, we, we talk about the three, we talk about these three responsibilities when it comes to parenting. Um, one, instruct your children from, from Ephesians 6, 4, mm-hmm. right? That um, uh, Ephesians 6, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so there, there is a, right, there's a twofold command. We are to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so part of that is, as parents, is I would say, is teaching your kids who God is, what he's done. And, you know, even for us, part of that is pointing out that sin leads people to do certain things mm-hmm. um, and that God rescues people from sin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that's why you need to understand sin in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, because without, a, without an understanding of sin in the gospel, you're not going to be able to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord accurately. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about sin, you have to know that sin is not something we do. It's something that's in the heart that influences what we do. Mm. It's our, um, would it be fair to say it is our, uh, it's our relationship. It's the nature of a relationship to God. Yes. So, you know, in a sense, um, uh, uh, the evil things come from our sinful hearts, or evil actions come from a sinful heart. Yes, uh, because you can have two actions that are the same. Yes, but one is sinful, one is not. Right, which is crazy to think that way. Yeah, I know. It's like you know, so for so for example, someone who is 
um, uh, who gives money charity. Mm-hmm. We call it charity. Um, but one, you know, one gives with a heart that's uh, wrong, uh, you know, right. not, not a heart of worship, and one gives with a heart of worship. Right. Um, I mean, we even see that in the Bible, the, the widow's might. Right. Yeah. Well, and even even uh, I know that there was a certain teacher that taught on a widow's might and kind of changed what a lot of people understand about that text. But church history has still said in that widow's might passage is this reality that her heart was in the right place. So mm-hmm. even if she's being wrongfully led by, by the leaders around her, mm-hmm. there still is an exaltation of her heart being in the right place. Right. So, um, right, which again, their heart is not in the right place. Mm-hmm. So the little they give is wrong. Her heart in the right place. So the too much she potentially gives is is still worshipful to God. Right. Yeah. So I think, right, you... You must think about um, sin has right motives, right desires, and right action. Or, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Righteousness has right motives, right heart, and right action. Yes. Sin has wrong motives, mm-hmm. but could be right action or wrong action. Right. Yeah. So um, lusting after another human being, wrong heart, acting out on that wrong actions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, however... Yeah, right heart, right actions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, you know, Matt Matthew or Mark seven says um, that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him. Mm-hmm. This is this is why I push back when somebody says, "Well, drinking is sinful." Well, Jesus in Mark is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him, and so it would be. Um, it is a wrong appropriation to say that drinking is sinful mm-hmm. because that that's the idea that God bottles, like, right, that the, the sin is bottled up and sold on a shelf. Well, right. sin is not found on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus says, uh, whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him because it does not go into his heart but into his stomach and is eliminated, thus declaring all foods clean. And he was saying that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, Mark seven twenty one, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Mm-hmm. So, right, the reason why you see sin and alcohol is because you see human beings with lustful, selfish thoughts abusing the alcohol to the state of drunkenness. Mm-hmm. But the sin was in the heart before it wasn't in the alcohol. So sin abuses the created order for its own selfish purposes. Right. Sin abuses people or takes advantage of people or kills people or sleeps with people, not your spouse, um, or it does wicked things. It's sensual. It's envious because that's what's in the heart. Mm-hmm. Not because your actions. So your kids are are idol factories as well. Mm-hmm. So your kids are sinful not because they did the wrong thing, but because out of their heart flows sinful, rebellious thought. Mm. Yep. So you have to be aware of that as a parent as you're instructing them. You know, and and some of that is not easy, right? Because, um, because they're sinful. Mm-hmm. 
And you live with them. It's always hardest to minister to family in that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think what, uh, and this, I mean, everyone who's a parent understands this. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're not a parent, you will, <laughs> and you will be, and you are, you plan to be one day. Um, it's the, gosh, I feel like every mom that stays home with the kids knows this too. It's the, it's the thousandth, the thousandth time that you've repeated yourself. You know? Yes. It, it, there's a certain amount <laughs> that people are are willing to take uh, on how, how many times you need to repeat something. But um, uh, the way I look at it is this, is like, um, that's exactly what we need to do. I mean, there, there is a certain level of repetition and patient. Uh, it almost It's almost part of the patient teaching uh, of a child, you know, the, the repetition of uh, letting them know what they're doing is wrong. Hey, wrong action, wrong heart, right? Yes. Yeah, so... Right, right. And so right now, like your your kids fighting, you know that they're probably lusting over two different things and they're getting in each other's way. Mm-hmm. Even if it's they both want the same toy, mm-hmm. you know that's a lust issue and an envy issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it all the time in kids, envious of, of the other kid. Well, he gets to blah, 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 or she gets to blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's envy. Yeah. Yeah. It's mine. Yep. Yeah, that's it's that selfish motivation of why they fight. Yes. Yeah. So I think right in part of part of parenting is is looking down and saying, okay, what 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 has God called me to do? And part of that is to instruct them in the things of the Lord and to and to lead them, right, according to Ephesians six four, that you um instruct them and dis- bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that is a responsibility of the parents. Do not provoke your children to anger. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute because that kind of goes with exasperating your kids. Mm-hmm. But but in this sense, right, it is my job to teach them, hey, the reason why you and your, your brothers are fighting is because of your sin. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why you're upset, you know, and, and there's wisdom in how to navigate all these things. But, you know, the reason why you're in trouble is because you were sinful in your desires and I am now giving, I am now punishing you for your sin, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but ultimately, you know, you need Jesus Christ. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good starting with understanding sin because that's kind of how you want to explain it to your children. Like you don't want to be like, because like sin is such a, uh, it's, it's, it's a theological word that children don't understand. And yes. if understood wrong, you know, if they understand it wrongly, it, it, it might lead to just like following or breaking rules. Right. And really they need to know that, no, it's there, they are sinful. Right. That's why they do things that are sinful. And their natural disposition is to rebel against God. Disposition was the word. Was oh, like, that okay, was it. Yeah. yeah. So our, yeah, sinfulness is our, is, is our disposition before yes. God. Like our sin nature yeah. is our disposition before God. We, yeah. we rebel against him because we want to be God. Yeah. So as cute as your kids are, they're not neutral no. who are, who, right. And that, that's important to realize that we are not giving them information to a neutral being that allows them to pick God. Mm-hmm. We we are calling out to a rebellious child, right? Even if they're obedient to us, to 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 try to get them to to believe the gospel and follow Christ. Yes. Yep. And the beauty is there are people in the church who've been who have probably been saved since they were two, three, four years old. So God does save young children. Yes. 
Yeah. Wow. It's it's just it is crazy because you know uh, they're born with a sinful disposition, and it just it's I have this I had this funny funny thought of uh, Pinky in the Brain and its old cartoon where Brain gets up the, these mice that were like uh, mutated. Brain gets up every morning with uh, Pinky. Pinky's the dumb one, and Brain's a brilliant genius uh, who wants to take over the world. And really, that's what children are. Yeah, like their their nature is that they they want to rule the universe. They just they don't say it, but yes. in the household, if you think if you think about a household that's run by children, not parents, it's because you have um, you have given up your you've given up your role as a parent and uh, and made the child the center of of that universe. Yeah. Well, you're right. That's um, actually that's what's interesting is that that was one of the points I wrote down in our notes before this too. That bring them up in a disciplined instruction of the Lord, and so it says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger." And then up in um, Ephesians six one, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long. You may live long on the earth. Well. One of the points that we that we kind of sketched out here is as a parent, you need to remember you're actually the one in charge. Right. Which is weird to say. I think, you know, if you went back to like my grandparents' generation in the 40s and 30s, that was probably not something you needed to remind them. Mm. Like, you know, you probably didn't need to tell them, hey, you're in charge. Yep. They probably knew that. And all their friends were telling them, like, you know what I mean? That was the water that they swam in, mm-hmm. the air they breathed, that yep. parents were in charge. But now, you, we do live in a world where it's like, almost thinks like your kids are in charge, and you yes. can't tell your kids no. Yeah, it's an, I think it's a knee-jerk reaction to authoritarianism. Probably. Um, maybe that generation where that ca- kind of carried along that that tradition of like, you know what, I, I mean, I know in our cultures, some of the, you know, the Asian cultures, like that authoritarianism kind of is what rules the family, not yes. not a respectful kind of leading and loving. Yeah. It's like I'm dad and I rule with an iron fist and you know, yes. um, you're gonna do what I say. There now there's some legi- legitimacy to that, but like Christ is the creator of the universe and he doesn't rule <laughs> he doesn't rule that way. Yes. He's for some reason he's gentle and lowly, right? Right. You know it's it's interesting because you just brought up another issue that I think some of it that I think needs to be addressed, and that is that there are cultural differences in the way that people think of their parents. Mm. And so there are some people in the church who are married, whose parents are still hovering over them as if they're in charge. Mm-hmm. And there are other others of us in the church whose parents said, no, you're your own family now. You need to go. Mm-hmm. Like, you're no longer under our authority. Right. And... Biblically, the second one I just gave is the biblical model. Mm-hmm. So, but navigating the other issue is its own issue. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe we can talk about that later. But yes. But while your kids are, you know, that's the, gosh, see, every, every issue uncovers a new issue. Yes. So you are in, parents, you are in charge of your kids. Yes. And, but it's a stewardship because you're only in charge of your kids for a time. That is true. Yep. You know, and so I think, I think part of parenting is also remembering, right? Not only what God has called me to do, but to realize that the way God has designed the family is that the two shall leave and and become one. Mm -hmm. So at some point, my boys are going to marry, marry somebody Mm -hmm. and um, they are going to 
in essence, kind of leave my family and they're going to be starting a new family. Yes. And I think recognizing that helps because it tells me that part of my job is to prepare them for that moment. Yes. I I think some mentalities out there are that they are mine. Yes. Like as if you own them. Yes. um, And as if you love them more than God. No, actually God owns them. God loves them more than us. That's true. And he has made us stewards over them for a time. Uh, and it's a sacred stewardship. Yes. I think like we have to th- we do have to think of parenting as a sacred stewardship that's temporary. Yes. And we're 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 trying to funnel all this wisdom and knowledge from the scriptures into their lives so that they can go uh they can one day be stewards of their children. Uh, yes. and, and pass on that legacy. I think if I pass on any legacy it'd be that. Yeah, I think right? you're right. I and when I think about what I want my kids to learn from me, um coffee <laughs> and and how to love their wife and how to serve the church and how to work hard. Amen. Yeah. So, right, but but that that already right when Isaac's born, one of the things you realize is, man, I got 18 years until hypothetically he could be out the door and married to somebody else and living on his own. Right. And honestly, if if it's the right girl and he's mature enough and they're both mature enough, amen, I'm happy to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, at 18 years old because, you know, Nobody, it doesn't matter how old you are. The first year of marriage is the first year of marriage. Right. A lot of great fun, a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. So I don't, I don't know if anything in the world can prepare you for that. Yeah. And even people who, who wait till later in life and get married in their 40s, they, they have a lot of issues to navigate too because for 40 years they've been by themselves. Yes. You know, whereas two 18-year-olds sometimes have less things to navigate because they're more, they're actually more adaptable, mm-hmm. um, but they have other inexperiences in life that, that become roadblocks and heartaches. Yes. So everything has strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I think, I think you're right. Like remember your kids are leaving someday. It's a steward, a sacred stewardship. That was really good because they're not my kids. They are the Lord's kids who I have a stewardship over. Yeah. And I think it's even help, helpful to realize God loves my kids more than I love my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, he died for my kids. I haven't, I'm not dying for my kids today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a helpful beginning point yeah. um, because it, it's, it, you're less, I think it's different from mothers and fathers. And yeah. I think, um, yes. I'm not going to, I don't want to get into the struggles, the different kinds of struggles between the two, but uh, I think like for me, it helps like as a as a father, uh, you know, I want to communicate that, like, hey, like, I'm trying to realize that uh, my kid is going to do lots of offensive things throughout their lives that are yeah. really offensive to me. Yes, but I need to remember that, like, I'm I'm number one, I'm the parent, I'm in charge, and I'm still called to lead them and show them how to react in these situations. So I think of, of, of First Corinthians, you know, if we're, in, if we're talking about discipleship, you know, Paul said, you know, do as, do as I do, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, which is interesting because we often, you know, there's that saying, uh, do what I say, but not what I do. Right. But Paul actually says, do what I do. What I do what I do, you know, yes. live the way I live. Yes. Uh, so our lives should reflect the kind of priorities that um, we want our children to focus on. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, are we, oh, we're back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we. We. You are probably. You may not hear this. There was a little uh, 
slight glitch in our... Yeah, yeah. we're actually our, continuing yes. our conversation. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I said last, but I think I was trying to make the point of, um, uh, you know, where, how we react to them um, when they do offensive things to us um, is actually really important. Yes. And I, I think of Paul when he said in First Corinthians 11, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That's exactly what you were saying. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. Yep. Uh, yes. Instead of the uh, um, old adage that, that many have said, you know, do what I do, but, oh, do what, what I, I say. say, but not what I do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, we can't live that way. No, not as, not as godly parents. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, another issue brought up that, that kind of, you know, uh, detracts, but being able to ask your kids for forgiveness is a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. So we probably, I'm going to say that and move on. Yep. Um, right. Because what we're talking about is, I think that's one of those pitfalls responsibilities, you know? So just if you're kind of keeping note that, uh, countering your parents, being unteachable, wrong fears, thinking of them as mine rather than thinking of them as a stewardship. Mm hmm. And so part of God's part of that is recognizing I have a role to play in this human being's life until they move on mm-hmm. and hopefully move on maybe as marriage. But at the same token, if your daughter is 35 and single and she's got a full-time job somewhere else uh, and you're calling her up saying, no, you need to quit your job because I'm your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, you probably at that point, like you're over a step in your bounds probably. Mm-hmm. So now there's some gray area there, but I mean, I've seen weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, th- I think that's, that's the thing. Don't, don't, well, I think that's probably a problem with the authoritarian approach as parenting. Right. Yeah. And so part of that, right. in instructing your kids is recognizing, uh, I was talking to a, a dear saint today at lunch, I had lunch with a, with a dear saint who, who, all of his kids are out of the house and they're all believers Mm -hmm. and um, all but one of them are married and uh, he's about to be a a granddad again. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, just talking about how as his kids got older, he changed the way that he addressed them. Mm. And I think that's helpful too, because I think part of that instructing your kids is realizing who they are. And realizing that there's a difference between the way you address a two-year-old and the way you address a Mm 19-year-old. And if you're addressing 19-year-olds like two-year-olds, well, you're actually going to probably lose their respect. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at 16, 17, you're trying to show them and influence them and show them why certain decisions are the wise decisions. And so... Right, but you got to lay that groundwork in the early years. Yes. Yeah, and so, you know, instructing my two-year-old is different than instructing my my fifteen-year-old. Instructing Gabe is different than instructing Isaac. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gabe is still at this little bit of like because I said so. Now there are times where my my fifteen-year-old needs to hear because I said so. Mm-hmm. But there's also a part of me that realizes my fifteen-year-old has more responsibilities than my nine-year-old mm-hmm. and needs to be needs to be doing his own thinking now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, basically you're saying, you're saying that you need to learn them. Yes. Um, super important because um, they, all of our children are different. They think differently. They prioritize differently. Yes. Um, 
and learning them will help you communicate with them better, work with them better. I mean, just just have a better relationship with them because you want to yes. be influential. Yes. Right. More than just an authoritarian. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that that's and that that goes back to a little bit of kind of adapting and growing to growing children, which probably is we should probably talk about the second podcast, but. So I would say our goals are right to to teach them and lead them in instruction from Ephesians six four, mm-hmm. you know to remember who's in charge. You are in charge, mm-hmm. and I think that unfortunately, uh, even among Christian parents, sometimes well, how do I tell my kids no? Because it's good for them. Yes, you know, um, or you know, well, my kid cries when I when I get onto him. Well, okay. Like then your kid cries, yeah. you know, don't, don't stop instructing or, or leading them or disciplining them or punishing them because they cry, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, we, that's probably, a, by the way, that's a fear of this, like destroying them because they, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like not destroying them, but like a fear of, um, yeah, destroying your child because you made them cry. You're not yeah. going to, Yeah, they're actually crying because it's a sinful response yep. to not getting what they want. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was easy for me to look at my kids who didn't get what they want and mm-hmm. be like, dude. Yes. If you give in to the crying, what you're p- potentially teaching them is that they can get what they want when they react sinfully. Yes, yeah. which is not the way it should be. Right. I know that you can find articles where people whined and cried in masses and got what they want from the government, but that's not the way God <laughs> wants it done. Yes. yes. Yeah, so part of our goals, right, is we are to teach them about Christ we are preparing them to leave our home and we're preparing them for life. Mm-hmm. That's the way I view it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if my kids don't teach Christ or don't, don't repent and believe, which I believe God will lead them to do because I'm believing the best. Um, what I also realize is that they can't stay in my house forever. Right. So at some point they have to go. Yes. And they have to work. And so the responsibilities that we have have to be instilled to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I don't know where we're at on this guy. <laughs> we might be a little long. Yeah. I, well, we I might mean, be a little short. We're kind of a little all over the place, but it's that's just the nature of parenting. I mean, yeah. each question leads to another question. Yes, which leads to another question. So yes. we're just going to make this one parenting pitfalls and goals. And at the end of the day... You know, the pitfalls we mentioned are, you know, don't don't let just counteracting your childhood experience, right? Don't let your childhood experience and your reactions to those be the foundation for your parenting. Be te- don't be unteachable. Be teachable. Don't let the wrong fears motivate you. May Make it honoring God. Um, and understanding there is stewardship, and then also remembering that you're that what you have is a unbeliever believer relationship, mm-hmm. where your instruction is to is to show them the truth about the gospel, while also telling them where true reconciliation is. And so, you know, there's the foundation. We can talk more about this later, mm-hmm. but for now, I think that's a, that's probably a good stopping point, right? My goals are to teach them Christ. It's to prepare them to live. It's to prepare them for life realizing that their different stages um, are different stages. Yep. Yeah. Gosh, this is, this is why I think we were really slow to do the, the parenting podcast. 
Yeah. Because literally every discussion is like can of worms, 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 can of worms. Yep. Yep. And it's not easy. Yeah. But I but I think here's here's hopefully this maybe this last thought will make it easier. You have been giving these beautiful unbelievers to unbelievers to steward. Your job is to lead them to Christ, knowing that God is who regenerates them. Amen. So your effectiveness as a parent is not bound up in their whether they believe mm-hmm. or their successes. Yes. You know, yeah. if your kid, Lord willing, this doesn't happen, but if your kid ends up on Fremont Street begging for money and is a meth head, it doesn't mean you're a failure as a parent. Mm-hmm. And if your kid ends up being Charles Spurgeon, it doesn't mean you were successful as a parent. Right. And I think that's the beauty of Ezekiel 18. Oh, maybe we should read Ezekiel 18. Mm-hmm. But but that right that, listen, you do your job faithfully and trust God to do what he does. Mm-hmm. And no matter what he does, he's going to do it right. But it's my job to learn what does God require of me. And so we'll talk about that more. What does God require of me? And then, yeah, look for there. Yes. All right. Well, until next time, which will be sooner than later, where we'll open more cans of worms on parenting. If you have questions, fire off an email to us. Uh, no more, us no more questions, please. <laughs> oh, I know. Lots, the, of, cans. Those are the lots three, of cans and lots of worms. We have already. like 60,000 questions. Actually, but, the questions were really good. Yes. Um, we're Maybe. trying to distill them down. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sure there's more distilling. So. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to it. Yes. All right. Love you.